I don't know when you're listening to this, but this morning, May 18th, I woke up to the news that Chris Cornell of Soundgarden had died. He was 52. So at last count, we've lost Scott Weiland, Kurt Cobain, Lane Staley, and now Chris Cornell. The grunge bands are starting to fade away. You know, it's hard to explain to people who didn't come of age during the grunge era exactly what these folks meant to Generation X, but I think this is probably true of all music to some degree or another. I mean, I understand John Lennon's importance to rock and roll and our culture and all that, but I wasn't there, man. I didn't live it. I didn't feel it. So any affinity for Lennon that I have is by its very nature anachronistic. But not grunge, man. Not grunge. Grunge came at just the right time for me. That sweet spot when a child was leapfrogging out of adolescence and into adulthood. I was becoming cognizant of the world around me, more socially conscious, more sexually aware, just more of everything. And grunge provided the soundtrack for that. During the Christmas of 1991, which was my freshman year of high school, I'd been dating a young woman named Beth for several weeks. In hindsight, it wasn't really a serious relationship at all, but the naive freshman in me definitely thought it was. We'd snuck away from our family gatherings to see one another, and we were at my house exchanging Christmas presents. I don't remember what I bought, Beth, but knowing me, it was probably something pretty crappy, so if you're listening, Beth, sorry. I just wanted to get some kissing action during the holidays. Cut me some slack, all right? I was a freshman. It was all about the kissing when I was a freshman. So I don't remember what I bought Beth, but I do remember with vivid clarity what Beth bought me. That Christmas, Beth bought me Right Said Fred's single of I'm Too Sexy and Nirvana's album Nevermind. I'd been listening to Right Said Fred's I'm Too Sexy for weeks and loving it, but I hadn't yet heard of Nirvana. Things take longer to trickle down to us Texans. I think maybe the Red River acts as a filter of some sort, sieving out all the cool shit before it makes its way down to us. Anyway, I was quite frankly disappointed with my gift. I mean, Right Said Fred was awesome, don't get me wrong, but who would want the image of a naked baby on an album cover? It was so weird. And why would Beth assume I wanted an album with a naked baby on it? She assured me that Nirvana and Nevermind were supposed to be phenomenal. She hadn't actually listened to the album or the songs on it, mind you, but her cousin, who was a skateboarder in Dallas, so you know his credentials were sound, had recommended it highly. I thanked her, and I immediately tossed Nirvana to the side and popped in right, said Fred. I wanted to listen to I'm Too Sexy as we made out. I'm not entirely sure what this says about me. But after several minutes of clumsy necking, she again mentioned that weird baby album. Didn't I want to listen to it? Lest I hurt her feelings and end the make-out session prematurely, I begrudgingly popped on Nevermind and hit play. The making-out recommenced. Then suddenly, grungy power chords filled my room. I opened my eyes mid-kiss. Haunting Fs, revelatory Bs, consciousness-awakening As, and life-changing Ds. You know the riff. We all know the riff. We can all hum it. But I was hearing those chords and that specific riff for the first time, and they changed my world. I pulled away from Beth and looked at my speakers in an attempt to understand the sounds I was hearing. And then the drums kicked in. Good God, the drums. I turned and placed my feet on the floor because it felt like the percussive waves were pulling me in like a riptide in the ocean. I had to steady myself as Grohl's drum strikes battered my soul. And then it all came together in earnest. 
and I didn't know if I'd suddenly gotten lost or if I was just being found. Beth seemed far, far away. I completely forgot about the smoochies that had been underway, and right said Fred suddenly seemed childish and stupid. Smells like teen spirit within the first 30 seconds changed the way I viewed the world. I don't remember how that night ended, and Beth and I broke up shortly thereafter, but that song specifically and grunge more generally changed me, just as it did for most of my generation. After that, I quickly found Temple of the Dog, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, Stone Temple Pilots, Hole and Pearl Jam, and countless other artists whose tapes I've lost over the years. You know I said I found their music, but it's probably more truthful to say their music found me. A country boy in the middle of nowhere, Texas, where the two most popular genres of music were country and western, suddenly had his world rocked by bands that came from places he couldn't even find on a fucking map. And their music made me see the world a little differently. I mean, I wasn't the only one who felt like shit. I wasn't the only one who thought things were a little fucked up. I wasn't the only one who felt like there was nothing to do but rage against the machine. I wasn't the only one. That's what grunge taught me. Sometimes in my classes, the students and I will discuss the defining characteristics of generations. Typically, I'll point out that John Lennon, one of the heroes of the boomers, spoke and sang beautifully, transcendently even, about love and peace and societal change. And for that act of hubris, a madman gunned him down. Contrastingly, the musical voices of Gen X, the grungy, scraggly front men and women, sang about the hollowness of modern youth. They filled their lyrics with existential angst and nihilism. They knew our generation was fucked, and they also knew there wasn't a goddamn thing we could do about it. And instead of being gunned down by a madman and becoming a modern martyr for peace like John Lennon, Kurt Cobain ended up putting a gun in his own mouth and gunning himself down. apparently Chris Cornell has done something similar. You know, the grunge mindset, it just weighs too heavily on our souls. It's cathartic in one sense, I guess. I mean, it gives you that I'm whole, not alone thing. I'm not the only one who realizes things are seriously messed up. But in another way, grunge is a little toxic. I mean, it's a condemnation of existence. For you philosophy nerds out there, Grunge is a lot more Nietzsche than Jean-Paul Sartre. Grunge was not about instigating social change. Those weren't songs about empowerment. Those were songs about a generation finding out it had been bamboozled and lied to. A generation that no longer believed in bullshit like pep rallies or cheerleaders of the American dream. A generation that had seen Oliver North lie on the stand to cover up for a corrupt president. A generation that lived in constant fear of AIDS. A generation of people who realized that they had been ill-prepared to take care of the world that their predecessors had damn near destroyed. Nirvana, 
Alice in Chains, STP, Soundgarden, Hole, Pearl Jam, and all the other grunge bands let us know that we were not wallowing in the mud of existence all alone. There wasn't transcendence waiting for us, but at least we could raise some hell while we were here. Sometimes I think back to that Christmas and to all the things that have happened between this moment and that. Cobain, Staley, Wylan, and now Cornell may be dead, but their music has never left me. The distrust and hatred of power, the cynicism bordering on nihilism, the desire to stand up and start moshing in the middle of your stupid fucking pep rally. Fuck your pep rally. It taught me that I'm only faking when I get it right, that people should try to see it once my way, that too much walking will wear your shoes thin. The Gen Xer in me wants to turn the lights out on all of us because with the lights out, it's less dangerous. Fuck, man. You know, those sunspots, they haven't completely faded away. But they're certainly starting to dim. Come 